What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of From Faith to Faith. We have Mackenzie. Mackenzie's here today, y'all. She's doing her testimony, and I've been trying to get Mackenzie on here for quite some time now, and she finally agreed, or she had time to do it. Um, yeah, I'm shared, always busy. <laughs> she just shared her testimony, or sharing her testimony, so um, it's it's a free-for-all, and like I always do, before we get started, y'all, I'm going to praise in, so... Dear gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this time, Lord Father God, that we can share with you. And Holy Spirit, I ask you to bless Mackenzie as she shares her testimony that we would decrease and you would increase, Lord Father God. Holy Spirit, lead God and direct us throughout this podcast. We love you, thank you, and praise you. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. Amen. So yeah, this is this is your this is kind of like your 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 podcast right now. My, my podcast. Um, yeah, um, just your testimony. I can't. I, it's like I told you yesterday, I can't, I can't tell it for you. This is what God is doing, done, and we got her little dog. If y'all hear the clinking and clinking, <laughs> that's, that's the dog, y'all. She gotta be, she gotta be close by. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, this is your. Okay. Well, where? Let's see. Where do you want me to begin? I don't know. When was the first time? And this could have been before you accepted Christ, or mm-hmm. when was the first time you noticed that? it was God doing anything in your life? Well, I guess I was one of those kids that I was at church every Sunday from the week I was born. Um, (laughs) Even literally, I mean, my parents, we did not miss a Sunday at church. And even when I was not in a good place in life, I was still at church every Sunday growing up. And so I did one of those, like, um, (laughs) I did one of those, um, like eight-year-old, um, I accept the Lord, like, um, baptisms, like, I just, you know, like, you see all your friends getting baptized, and you want to, you want to be a part of it, so I did one of those whole things, but I guess I never really, I don't want to say I never really knew the Lord until I was 16, but that's when I accepted the Lord for real into my life, is when I was 16 years old, um, up until then, I was just kind of living, um, at the fake Christian life. Like I went to church, I prayed the prayers every night. Um but I didn't really have the Holy Spirit in my life and that was the big game changer for me when I was sixteen. Uh it's funny because everybody that listens to this podcast knows my testimony or a little bit about me, but me being the son of a pastor, like I went to church because I didn't want to. I went to church yeah. when I was younger because I was almost like forced to because, you know, I am the son of a pastor. Oh, so I was a like, deacon's kid, so I yeah, understand that. Like, so you had to go as like, okay, I know once Wednesday, twice on Sunday, you know, prayer night on Friday. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like my whole life was in church, but it was kind of around the same age that, you know, once my dad passed away around 16 that um, I decided that I had to walk my own walk with Christ instead of walking on my my dad's faith and I mentioned that in the e-group before but um so yes I I can relate especially with that like I can strongly relate with that just like always in church always saying the prayers always saying the right things acting the right way having the mannerisms of having it all together and it was totally a facade it was never like because people think 
you're such a good little kid and like you do all these things right and it was just never actually like that I was I was not always the best kid and I was not always the best daughter or friend um and I've really just grown into that in the past couple months of my life trying to um because even in my walk as a Christian um it wasn't it I wasn't living the life that a Christian should um at all points of it which I think is normal for everyone like I I would run from God at times and um and that's really like the biggest part of my testimony is like how like yes I was saved at 16 but there were years where I ran from God and ran from his promises um and those were probably the hardest years of my life when and, and I, I tell this I assist to, to everybody because everybody always says the same thing you know is that they you know they accepted Christ or knew about Christ at a young age during the teenage years um for me uh like I knew God but I was still running from God oh yeah so being the, d- during during your teenage years and I can only speak for myself I felt from 16 all the way up to about 19 18 maybe 18 and a half if you want to be technical um I felt like my whole teenage years was just like fake because mm-hmm. I was just faking it because like I knew what I was supposed to do this was long after my dad had passed away like I knew what I was supposed to do but uh I was doing what was cool and trendy at the time yeah and then what was cool and trendy almost become unnatural for me but I just felt really really fake like was because you said you you ran for a while well I felt at times like I felt when I was living um like true in my faith I felt like I was so ostracized from all of the people around me because um everyone was like when you're a teenager everyone's living different lives everyone is um doing their own thing they're going to parties they're doing whatever and um there would be months where I was like I'm gonna live my strongest faith I can um I'm not going to go out with any of my friends. I'm not going to take a sip of alcohol. And then I would feel completely alone yeah. in that. And and it's like I never let myself get to where, because I'm such a people person, that I was like, I can't, I, I just can't deal without being alone. So then I would run away from God again and do all the wrong things. But what really, I think what really got me, um, into my faith to begin with was when I was 16 you know um there there's like that moment where you're like okay something's got to change and that for me was um oddly enough um I was dating a boy I started dating him at 16 and um like every high school relationship I feel like it was very toxic at times it was very like every high school every high school relationship (laughs) literally (laughs) everyone knows but it was very um it and he was a preacher's kid so I was like this is gonna be so good for me um uh he's a stereotype I'm sorry to cut you off that stereotype crushed me I know ever even to this day well I was a preacher's kid and I'm a Gemini I was like I (laughs) You know what I mean? So, but, well, yeah. I, I was like, he's a preacher's kid, so this is this is going to be good for me. Like, I'll go to church with him. And and then we just, we got to a point where we were, like, fighting. And 
um, he was making bad decisions. I was making bad decisions to get back at him. And I was so... And that's when my, like, anxiety started as a kid was, like, in those years. I remember um, reading, and I wasn't saved at this point, but I remember reading my Bible and, like, just praying, like, God, like, I'm constantly, like, worried. I'm constantly, like, thinking about this and thinking about that. And, like, um, what if he leaves me? What? All these things. And so then I was at church one night for a revival sounds like so oh man revival yeah um so cliche but I was at a revival um and I remember I was there with two of my friends um and uh we had been fighting me and my boyfriend at the time um and he I don't remember like I couldn't tell you to this day what we were even arguing about but I was literally sitting at that revival and I was crying for that reason but then I'm like hearing God talk to me and he's like he's like you're you're literally sitting here crying over a boy when I can I can hold you in my arms like it was it was a feeling and I can't even describe it now but I don't, I can't even remember who was preaching at the revival. I I don't remember what was being preached. I was just like, it was just me there. And I felt so alone. And that's when I prayed to God to save me and come into my life. And that was the day. And even still, like all these years later, like, obviously there's been times where I've had to like pray to have my faith redeemed and just brought back to brought back to the nitty-gritty stuff but that was the moment where the Holy Spirit entered my life isn't it crazy that because I heard you say it just a minute ago and me personally when we're you know not I'm not saying not aware of God, but when we're when we're living our lives and not living for God or with God, mm-hmm. and we find ourselves in situations, even if you're not a believer, or even if you're not living for God, uh, when we find ourselves in those situations, the first thing we we always find ourselves reading the Bible. Oh or, yeah, or praying because that's or what I knew growing church. up. Yeah, like ever in a hypothetical, if you never would have done that. Just in a hypothetical, if I, me and you never got raised in church, mm-hmm. um, most people still tend to Dude. sway in the direction of God when they're in trouble. And I, you know, why would you do that in something that you so strongly don't want to live for? It's it's so crazy to me because looking back now, and and in my head I was like, okay, well I'm gonna accept God into my life and He's gonna fix my relationship and. Then, um, I think that night after I got saved, I got home and I, and I'm telling you when I say like, I mean, I was one of those high schoolers, like I thought I was going to marry this boy and we had been together for like a year. (laughs) And and like, that's to say, and like, if there are any high schoolers that are going to listen to this, um, like your feelings are very valid and we understand them. It's just because most adults that have been there know that it's so crazy um, looking back at who we thought we were going to marry at the time. And so I really thought I was going to marry this boy. And that night after I got saved, I went home and I broke up with him. And I was like, I didn't know who I was um, because there was no me. After all the things that he had put me through, I'd constantly gone back to him. And I didn't know who I what. 
I was doing when I broke up with him. I was just like, I got saved tonight, and I just don't feel like we should be together. And that was wild to me. And not to say, like, I didn't um, eventually, like, want to be back together with him, like, typical teenage stuff going back and forth. But that was the one moment where I was like, the Lord really, like, I thought that the Lord was going to do one thing, but he said, no, I have something better for you. At what point, because that was, if I'm following you, if I'm tracking, that was around 16, 17. Yeah, yes. So at, at what point, because uh, if you, if you from that point on, it, that would be amazing. Uh, but I know a lot of your testimony already. But at, at what point in your past that point, when the Spirit, when you, when you accepted Christ and the Spirit really dwelled in you, did you say, you know what, for the rest of my life, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to serve God. Oh, like, gosh. when did that click in your brain? Because for yeah. me, it was 19. That, and that wasn't for me. That it was. Had, it clicked in my brain. Did I do that? No, 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 no Exactly. No, no, no. Not a chance, but that's what, Yeah, you know. that's, that's me. And for me, that probably wasn't until years later. Um, and I was in college. Oh, gosh. Um, I was Shout in college. Um, Appalachian State University, State. the best college Home ever. Combs, y'all. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I was in college, and um, you know when you, I, I'm going to start at this point, but when you break up with your high school boyfriend, a part of you in the back of your head is always like, okay, well, we're going to go and we're going to live our separate lives. And when we grow up and get our lives together, we'll come back together and yeah. we'll get back together. Yeah, I'll um, the same. Let me well, work on yes. you and then we can like, work on Like, we're so young right now, we yeah. can't be together. But when we're older and we get our lives together, we'll get back together. Like, I, I literally know... <laughs> I literally know every one of my friends have thought that at one point in their lives. I know so many people. I mean, my brother t- says that to me all the time still really? about his high school girlfriend. So there's, it just is one of those thoughts that goes through your head. So I'm in college. I'm a sophomore in college at this point, And the boy I had dated, and I'll, I'll say, I can say his name. Um, his name was Dylan. And um, I get a message from him. Um this was probably in February and he messages me and just apologizes to me for everything he put me through and says that, um, he, that we were so toxic to each other and that he just feels so badly about it and that he's so sorry. And, um, that no matter what we went through, like, we were always going to be each other's first loves. And of course I like completely agreed with that. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is, and I was like in my head, I remember thinking, cause I think he even like said like, maybe we could grab dinner sometime. And I was like, no, we can't grab dinner. Like we're not grown up enough yet. We're, it's not time for us to get back together yet. Like we're not at that point. So I just kind of like, I was like, thank you for apologizing. Like that means so much to me. It kind of blew it off. And then a month later I get a call um, from one of my high school friends and she's like, Dylan's been in an accident. Um, and he's probably not going to make it. And I remember I was standing in Coles, <laughs> in Coles with my mom. Yeah. I was standing in Coles with my mom when I got that message and I immediately 
Um, my dad's in the criminal justice field. Like I have so many people that are in the criminal justice field. I, I didn't know what kind of accident. So I called my dad and I'm like, can you find out something? Like I need to know what's going on. And, um, I can't remember who I ended up getting information about. Um, but, um, he was, and I'm going to save some details here, but, um, he was, um, airlifted to a hospital about 45 minutes away from us. Um, he was on life support and they weren't sure if he had any brain activity. And so, um, I was getting ready to go to the beach at this point. And, um, I was like, what do I do? And I was like, okay, well, I'll go to the hospital, um, on my way to the beach. Um, and I'll stop by, and, I, like, not a thought in my mind um, was, like, he's not going to make it out of this. Because I knew him. I was, like, he's going to be fine. Um, and so I even sent him a text, and I probably still have it on my phone. And I was, like, um, like I hope I, – I don't even remember what I said. I was just, like, I know you're going to make it out of this. Like, um, I like I can't imagine a world without you in it. And I was, like, and everything's going to be okay. And I made, got, like, a basket of stuff and uh, gift cards to their favorite restaurant. And I um, got his favorite candies and put them all in a basket. I got a card for him and a card for his family, put them in a basket. Like, I wrote him a whole card because I was so sure that he was going to make it out of this. And, um, and I took it to the hospital. And... Um, I got to where I could like see half of his body laying in the bed and I was like I can't I can't walk in there I was like because I can't see him like this because one day I'm gonna he's gonna be fine and I don't want to remember him laying in this hospital bed I don't want to see that image so I just gave it to his mom and I left um and I went to the beach because like I said I was so sure he was gonna make it um and then I'm at the beach with all my friends and we get the message that they're turning off his life support and I'm not, I'm so, I'm hours away and I can't be there. And so I pack up all my stuff and ride home by myself and I'm just bawling the whole way home trying to listen to Christian music and I'm like, and I, I literally, like when I, like I say, I'm listening to, um, he won't give up on you, um, and that song just on repeat and I am thinking to myself like this is not what I signed up for um I'm literally in so much pain and this is not this is not what I wanted out of Christianity Mm -hmm. and from that moment for the next couple years I was so angry at God and I literally ran from God um I and I tried I remember, like, there would be moments where I would want to read my Bible, want to be close to God, but I had no relationship because I was angry um, for situations. Um, I was going out all the time drinking with friends. I was, um, and not to say that drinking in moderation is wrong, um, but, like, it was to the point where I was drinking to numb my pain. Mm -hmm. And I was um, going out with boys to try to feel that same feeling that I felt with that high school relationship. And I was doing all these things to try to um, push back at God, to try to say, like, you you could have saved him and you didn't. And so this is how I'm going to live my life now. And so I did that for 
that was, oh gosh, pretty much all throughout college. It was, and and looking back now, I'm like, and Dylan, he was such a huge light in our um, in our community. I mean, his funeral was so huge, and I mean, he was the obviously I thought so. He was the cutest boy ever. He had like. I want to say, like, three different girlfriends at the time. Um, And they were all there. And I was just like, of course he does. Because he was, I mean, he was just, like, the boy that, well, in my head, I was like, everyone. Because I remember when we met, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, that's it, him. Like, because I was a cheerleader. He was a football player. I saw him on the sidelines of a game. And I was like, "Mm, he's mine. I get that a lot. I get compared to Brad Pitt. A lot. <laughs> I mean, it comes and goes, you know, but uh, that's crazy. Um, so I know for me, because I'm still a work in progress, and it's weird because God proved himself real with me way before my dad passed away. Um, my dad was supposed to be dead seven and a half years before he actually mm. died, um, and God proved himself real. I was like, God, if you're real, Proved yourself to me, and he did multiple times, multiple times, multiple times. And I still um, was like Jonah. I mean, Jonah oh, had yeah. to get proved what two or three times uh, before he finally like, okay, I'm dude, this this has got to happen. So um, I got he he proved himself real to me, and I still ran. But and it sounds really, really, really weird when I say this, but I found not the religion I found the relationship with God in my life during the time of me mourning from my dad dying uh, and I mentioned this a little bit in the group and I don't talk a lot about my dad dying because it's still I mean it happened in 2010 but it's mm-hmm. still like real uh, to me And uh, but like I told you last night you're the only one that probably knows this part mm-hmm. I feel comfortable telling um on a podcast it's strange yeah. but uh when my dad died I had I, I felt like I was faced with a decision of okay I, I can't live under my dad's name anymore I can't live under my dad's shadow anymore I have to do mm. what I have to do and God spoke to me clear as day and it may sound cliche because I say it a lot just as jokingly manner uh but clear as day, I was like, you know, I was like, God, I have to do what I have to do. Well, I wasn't saying this prayer. I wasn't praying this to God. I was just thinking this. Uh, and I was like, you know, my dad's dead. I can't, I can't like hide behind him anymore. I can't hide oh, behind Pastor yeah. Thompson, you know. And I was like, I got to do what I got to do. And clear as day, just as I'm sitting here talking to you, I heard God speak to me. And he's like, just do it. And I, I say that it's a lot so because it's a Nike slogan, just do it. Yeah. But I heard that, and I found the realness of who God was for my life in that situation. Yeah, and I, I completely still relate ran. to... <laughs> for years, I still ran oh, after yeah. that. I completely relate to running from all that and from hiding behind who that person was for you. Because, I mean, for a teenage girl, I was 19 when um, Dylan passed away. Um, but for a teenage girl who had never dated anyone else really and had had this on and off high school relationship for 
three years um and was like what what do I do now because I don't have the option I don't he's not there he's not here anymore and I don't have the option like it was like they're your safety net and so now I have to go out and I have to I have to meet someone new I have to do that and I was like this is ridiculous God um and and it sounds so it sounds so weird and mundane um like to hear me talking about an ex-boyfriend that meant so much but in my head for a girl who saw her identity um and the guy she dated um because I mean it just it goes so much deeper than um just that because girls were were raised up to be like okay well you have to find yourself a husband. You have to find yourself um, this person that can provide for you and take care of you. And it took me a long time to realize that, like, I can be that person for myself. And a lot of that comes um, from, I mean, I, I blame everything on this, but I was a middle child. So I... Oh, I was the youngest. I got you. See, I, I was <laughs> I the you. typical middle middle child, like, and this is... I, I told Josh yesterday, I was like, I'm going to try so hard to not use self-deprecating humor on the podcast because, like, that's my defense mechanism is um, to make people laugh. Um, so, because I always wanted everyone to be happy, and then I was found in this place um, where I was the one who was unhappy, but I still had to act like it all the time because, like, who was I without being the life of the party and without making sure everyone else was happy so in this time where I was hurting so much I was not letting anyone know or trying not to um obviously like my friends could see past it I feel like at certain points where I was just low and then I mean it was just a different kind of situation where I was like I I can't be this hurt girl and sit around so like I'm gonna go out and like find things to heal myself and act like it never happened and it wasn't until oh gosh I guess I was a senior in college and my where the real cool part about this y'all I'm gonna go ahead and mention this is that the OG triple OG road dog from day one is actually in the room. She's not going to speak anything, <laughs> but she's in the room right now. And My like, best friend, yeah, Gray. Like, like we, all this that she's talking about, she was she was in the in the in the picture for. Yeah, and she's sitting across from us, and it's she kind of cringe hearing this, and like she, just looking over there, and like, oh, you were there. Bro. She's you're probably there, yeah. She's probably like, what is she even talking okay. about? I'm because, sorry, Paul. Unpause. No, no, but um. Yeah, so I, it wasn't probably until my senior year of college, and um, uh, once again, I was still trying to, like, fill this void that I had in my life with um, relationships with my friends, with um, relationships with guys, with anything, and I mean, looking back now, it's like, all you needed was a relationship with God that you were running from, but um, I... My sister had set me up with this guy, um, and he, uh, it was supposed to be, like, we, they wanted us to date, but, like, we ended up, like, just forming this friendship, and, um, I obviously, like, I was like, man, I want to date this guy, like, need him to fill this, this void in my life, um, but he was like, we're just gonna be best friends, and so we did become best friends, but in that time, I was like, man, like, 
I want to date him, so, like, I'm going to get into my Bible, because he was a good, like, Christian guy, had, like, all the beliefs, I was like, he's the guy, so I was like, I'm gonna get into my Bible, and I'm gonna just study my Bible as hard as I can, and, um, I'm gonna work on myself, and, like, try to become this girl that he would want to date, and so through that, um, my relationship with God started to grow back, and it was because of, I mean, God used this boy that I was trying to fill a void with to come back to him, which is kind of crazy, but, um, I was just reading my Bible, and, um, I mean, obviously, I'm reading Song of Solomon, which is basically a love story. Um, so I'm like studying. I'm studying Song of Solomon to try to understand how a real godly relationship should be. And that's a very romantic book. I know. I mean that that's got some. Lord, this sounds so bad. That's got some of the best god we game i think oh my gosh and if you if you go and listen to um don't ever run game y'all if you're listening to just be yourself but i'm just saying in general that is a very romantic book they're um at texas a&m they have a campus church um and they did a series on song of solomon called it's complicated so i'm listening to this trying to take notes on like how to be in a godly relationship and i'm like you know, this is, this is where I, like, have to make a choice, and I'm like, and somehow, I mean, it sounds like the stupidest thing looking back, here I am, only reading the Bible because I want to try to make a relationship work with this guy, but somehow that brought me back on my knees, and finally, obviously, I'm dating this guy, and I'm, I have, I'm starting to have a relationship with God again, and, um, then we break up and I'm like, I'm right back. I'm, I'm like, God, why? I'm like, I'm living, I'm, I'm reading your word. I'm finally like reading your word. I'm finally like living the life that you've asked me to live and you're going to take this away from me. And I clear as day in this time where I'm like so hurt and upset over this boy and I clear as day here, God say, um, you were focused on getting me because you were putting him on a pedestal, but you should be focused on getting me and putting me on the pedestal and let all that fall second. And I don't know if I said that in the most elegant way just now, but basically God was just like, you are putting things above me and I'm going to make sure right now that you never put anything else above me. And so I'm going to bring you down. I'm going to take everything pretty much because like I built my life. And so he was like, you've moved. He moved me to a new city um, where I didn't have as many friends because all my friends were in still either in my hometown or in my college town or had moved somewhere else and so I just had really um only my friend Gray who's here now and then my sister and he was like you're you're gonna move here and you're gonna start from the very bottom and um I'm like you you were gonna need me so basically it was just like you I'm gonna give you no other option than to need me right now you don't have anyone else to fall back on you 
have to be at your basically God was like you have to be naked right now and without proper words but he was like you have to be without anything phenomenal analogy I know he was just like (laughs) you have to stand in front of me without nothing and beg for me and so that's what I did and when I moved to this area um I was like, okay, well, I'm going to join the church. I got involved in Elevation, um, started serving. Shout out um, Elevation Church. Yeah, oh, my gosh. message today was... Um, and so I started serving. I started um, joining e-groups, and now I'm helping lead an e-group, which is crazy. Um, I never thought I would be at this point, but I literally, I mean, he brought me down to my very worst and I built myself back up, um, to where I am at a place that I'm like, who was I even a year ago today? Which I mean, a year ago is when this pretty much all started. Um, but let's say 18 months ago, who was I 18 months ago to now I'm here and I'm living my life for God for once. And, um, I'm not running. And obviously there's certain things that we as Christians, we try to run from and, um, very much so. And, but right now, like I, and I've told you, like I've been at this point in my life, this is the first time in my life I can say that I've just been content, um, where God has just like, let me, he hasn't let me sit still for sure, but he, in my, in my faith, he has let me, um, grow in a way that I don't feel like I need anything more than him, which is crazy to me because, um, I feel like you're always, we're always being taught that like we need all these things around us, but this is the first time that I can say like, I'm living my life completely solo and, um, trusting God and God's put these amazing friends in my life and he's, he's, um, allowed me to share my love of my church with my other friends um gray came to church with me this morning and that's yes she did (laughs) that's amazing to me um i love to get to see um how god's working in my life right now um even when like the things that i thought i needed in the past are nowhere to be found in my life It's crazy how, because I literally did that on my birthday, because uh, last year was, uh, not. I mean, it's going to sound the same as everybody else, and it wasn't because of the quarantine or COVID or all that. Last year was probably the worst year of my life, because mm-hmm. I was just night after night after night um, going to the bar, just spending money I didn't afford to spend, you know, just finding one night hookups just to try to fill a void yeah or, you know however you know oh two three four thirty however long in college if i i would i would go out with my friends and the only reason i remember the only reason i was going out was to like try to find a guy and i was like who like and it sounds like okay you're, you're just a college girl but i really thought that i would find validation for myself yeah. in in a relationship or with a guy and I was searching so hard making all these wrong decisions and I and I have never felt more validated and more like I am worthy than my relationship with God and um I actually I I shared this um 
with our group uh, a while back. I don't know if you remember, but um, I got a tattoo on my side, and um, it's in Dylan's handwriting from a letter he wrote me, and it says never change, and I was like, that's so, like, it's it's just molded over time, because I was like, I don't, I don't really believe that I should never change, because I'm constantly evolving, but I was like, you know what, the one thing in my desert my life that doesn't ever change is God and so like that tattoo has formed new meaning in my life that like even though like God is constantly changing me he never changes and he is steadfast and um his grace covers me through it all um and he's always sitting there beside me and I think that's a beautiful sentiment that I get to carry around with me yeah it's you know last year for my birthday I was literally at the bar, I couldn't tell you what my name was by mm-hmm. five thirty. You know, and that and this year we was all me, Rosie, Tara, Thomas, Tiff, a few other people. All of we our great to, friends from yeah, our yeah, group. We all, uh, we all went to Lancaster's Barbecue in Mooresville because mm-hmm. I love barbecue. Oh, which, shout out to barbecue! Yeah, what's just happening? Hopefully today with hush puppies always. Hopefully today, but um. I was sitting there thinking, and I looked at my phone, and it was it was like six thirty on the dot, and I was like, and I looked at Rosie, and she saw just like my whole complete like everything just changed body language and all. She's like, "What's wrong?" I was like, "It's amazing to see where God's brought me from from this exact time last year." In a year, yeah, and I feel that way too because I I look at this exact time. I was looking, my Snapchat memories pop up. Yeah, yeah. and. Um, this Snapchat. time last year, yeah. Snapchat ruining data plans and relationships since yeah. 2014. Um, <laughs> one of my Snapchat memories popped up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there's the dog. But one of my Snapchat memories popped up, and um, I was like, I was like a year ago today. I was like so um, self conscious and pitiful mm-hmm. in a relationship that was doing nothing like I thought it was supposed to um and today like I'm completely being fulfilled by God and that's it's crazy the change that happens I mean that's just a change that for for some other people it could be a change you know within three months or a change within four months or whatever it may be but it just shows my maturity as a person as a as a man of God and walking in who I'm supposed to be uh to, to look back and and it feels weird and if any therapist should listen to this I'm sorry for saying this At, when I look back on myself last year I felt sorry for my who I was then last mm. year I do too like, I, I definitely you just need a hug like, yes I want to hug myself last year I remember um, I was um, I think I had come to visit because my memories just popped up so I was looking at my come to visit gray and I was crying because like my relationship was falling apart and I was like oh I just want to hug that girl that I was at this time last year yeah she's she was so pitiful and now she's like so grown up it's crazy is that it's such a weird thought to think of like I just want to hug myself six months ago you oh, know no. what I mean I completely feel that um and it's to the point where I look back on myself even um three years ago and I don't recognize myself I'm like who was I because I was living in such a lie and I think that's a lot 
of what we do as Christians is we try to cover all that pain and we try to mm-hmm. um and one thing that Pastor Stephen said I think last week um during his preaching was there's nothing that you can come to come to God to and that's gonna surprise him like and I have been like really trying lately to come to God with every single one of my like shameful thoughts that I'm like oh my gosh Mackenzie I can't believe you just thought that Mm -hmm. and I've been trying to come to him with that and I'm like why was I not doing this before um and I was like it's because I was embarrassed I was embarrassed that um that God had to see this side of me and I was like he he is literally the one that formed me and um looked at this whole earth all the I'm a big mountain girl so like I feel God most when I'm in the mountains and and I was I was in the mountains a few weeks ago um I went hiking and I was looking out over all the mountains and I was like it is crazy to me that the God that formed each of these hills and each of these trees and each of these flowers looked at all this and was like the earth needs one of you too and that is so special to me and when I'm like um when I'm like laying in bed at night like just that's, that's a cool sad i'm like yeah. oh that's a cool perspective to that like to there's about. there's something that each one of us brings to the world that god knew that we needed and i'm just now like kind of stepping into um because like i said i've been running for so long so i'm like kind of just now stepping into um the promises that god has for me yeah. and just kind of like opening my arms and saying like okay god um, what do you want from me? Like, what do you want me to do? What is the things? And he's like, you already know. Yeah. You already know. You literally ha- have seen um, what you can do. And he's like, and I'm just taking you step by step until you realize and until you are open to doing what I have for you. Because he was like, I've never, I've never changed my mind about you. Um, I've never um, said, okay, well... Um, I don't think you're cut out for that anymore. Um, and I heard God saying that to me in service today. He was like, I've never changed my mind. I've always known that this is what you were meant for. Um, I was just waiting until you realized it. And anybody who's listening to this podcast today, the thing that I want to, the reason I started this podcast, the reason I do what I do is... You do have, everybody has a purpose to fulfill for just in general as a person for the kingdom, but just in general, everybody has a purpose. I mean, I know what mine is. I love to make, you know, I love to make people laugh. I love to make the gospel as, as real, but as simple as I possibly can for people. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I mean... Have you not seen my face? I'm the most beautiful man I think that I've ever seen. My face <laughs> is just gorgeous, drop dead gorgeous. <laughs> but um, but in all seriousness, I mean everybody has a purpose. Everybody has a a reason for being here. If you don't know it, uh, seek God out about it. Um, I promise you, He'll answer you. But when He answers you, it may not be what you think it is. But you can't get upset about that because you're the one that asked the question to begin with. But um, as right now, I know I know where you are. Everybody else knows where you are. 
If you could leave, because we're getting pressed for time, and I know y'all got other yeah. things to do. If you could leave any, just any word for anybody, a fresh word, a today word, Ooh. a right now word, what would it be? So I think I was, I was thinking about this actually, and I think I would say because I see so many of my friends um, in pain right now for different reasons, and it breaks my heart because like we all know pain in this world. God didn't promise us a world without suffering and without pain. And I wish I could hug every single person that's in pain right now. Um, But God didn't promise us um, a world um, where we were not supposed to know suffering. But he allows us to suffer. And I always go back to, like you were talking about Jonah earlier. Um, He never never turned his back on Jonah. Even after Jonah disobeyed him multiple times, he allowed certain things to happen just to bring Jonah back. And I look back at the person I was um, when I was in such pain over the years, um, all those years ago, and I'm like, God was putting things in my path to literally get me back but I was ignoring every single one of them and um so for those of you that are suffering are in pain um I would just say like look out for the ways that God is allowing you to come back to him allowing his arms to open and say this is your chance um because it might be in the form of a fish that can swallow you it might be in the form of a friend that brings you to church it might be in the form of oh my gosh it could be in the form of a meal you have um with a new person like uh, there's just so many ways that God opens doors to bring us back and put us on our knees just like um he used the one thing I was chasing after um a relationship um to bring me back and then took it right away from me and I I was searching for a long time as to why that had to happen but I look back now and I'm like I'm in this place I would have never moved to this place I would have never joined our group and become such good friends with so many people that have led me closer to God and just spoke into my life and so in those moments of pain and hurting um just ask God for instruction and ask him for open doors and ask him to bring you back to rock bottom, honestly, because you can only go up from there. And that's, that's where I, I wish I would have realized when I, because honestly, like when I hit rock bottom, um, I say there's nowhere you can go from there, but I felt like I hit rock bottom and I was like, nope, I'm still not ready. So I'm just going to like dig underground here. So um, stop digging, stop looking for ways to run away from God and just let him in because there's no greater feeling than to feel, um, content, but also like hungry. Um, because like I stay like hungry for God's word now and I stay hungry for his help. Um, and I've finally accepted the fact that I can't do it without him. And that sounds so cliche. No, I mean, it, no, like it makes sense though. You know, what I mean, it, it really makes sense. It, the it's so crazy to feel so content with who you are and where you are, but also feel like there's so much more you have to do. Because I know that God is placing things in my life where, like, I'm having to stay still, but also I'm having like 
I'm having to chase. And I don't know if that makes sense, but uh, it's like you wait on the Lord, but um, Pastor um, Chad back before he left um one of our campus pastors Shout out Pastor Chad too. yeah uh, at elevation he said like there's a difference between waiting on God and waiting for God because if you're waiting for you're just sitting still but waiting on you're doing so many things to prepare for what God is bringing you and that's how I feel right now like I am just trying to prepare for what God has for me um and just just staying staying hungry for his his plans that's awesome that's so good that's that's really really good i mean because i've i'm still learning myself and i know a lot of people they say you know that that i'm way way above my age when it comes to stuff and you know whatever but um i'm still learning so but that being said, um, this is good. Pray us out. Yeah, I'll pray us out. Um, dear Lord, I am so thankful for you today, and so thankful for your promises and um, the hope that you bring to all of us. Lord, I pray for those that are suffering or in pain today, those that are hurting um, beyond what they think is repairable, and. I thank you that you say that nothing is beyond your reach and that nothing is beyond your repair and that you hold our hand and walk with us through every um, dark time, Lord, in, in the sunshine and in the dark you're there and you sit beside us and you cover us with your grace and your mercy and um, I know that I have been so in need of your grace, Lord, over the years. And I pray that for anyone else who is in need of your grace and your forgiveness, that they know that they can they can come to you no matter where they're at, Lord. Um, we are so thankful for your promises and for your plans that you have for our future. In your I pray. Amen. Yeah.